915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer, brought to you by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997, located locally in the San Antonio area. You can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get information on what they're doing and the many awesome things that they have going on in the community at collegepromotersusa.com. So we are back. Episode four. Gentlemen, Steve, Rafa, how are you guys? Doing well. Thank you. Trying to stay warm here in uh, San Antonio. <laughs> Looks like we're going to be having some pretty brisk weather coming into town. Well, it's already here, so but it's, it's, it's looking like... Uh, it's here to stay for a few days. So could be affecting some uh, some high school soccer. Uh, I know here, but uh, also across the street. <laughs> yeah. 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 No doubt. No doubt. It's definitely here already where I where I'm at, where I live, if I can tell you that. So yeah. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Trying to stay warm, but I know we're having that slushy, <laughs> slushy weather overnight, possibly. So I had one school already canceled me for one of my trips where I still have to travel to go to another one for the following day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, thoughts on what we got going on here in terms of what we're seeing with, <clears throat> I guess apparently the storm has a name. Did you guys see that? I saw Mora or something. I had no idea. So this ice mm-hmm. storm that's stretching across, what, across the Midwest all the way to the uh, part of the East Coast. I, I didn't know that. So what are uh, thoughts on what you're seeing in terms of just, cancellations reschedules everything thoughts i think there there was actually one game here tonight in san antonio i think uh, it was the reagan reagan versus johnson so there there were two games actually yeah actually yeah so braving they're braving out the elements i guess trying to get it in before it really comes in so and then yeah i guess like you can see on the twitter feeds you're seeing a lot of cancellations from a lot of teams and you know, one one concern I have is, is like you know some some game, some teams are probably gonna have to play back to back days, you know, like Thursday yeah. Friday or, or maybe Friday Saturday. So we're we're starting. I'm starting. I actually see, I've seen a few few teams scheduling back to back days, or maybe mm-hmm. if they have an open day, they're gonna schedule it on that date too. Yeah, yeah I didn't know yeah, that they. Know. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. No, I was just gonna say I didn't know that the storm actually had a name, but uh, but yeah, my brother lives up in Oklahoma City, and I know that uh, they're getting snow up there already. So yeah, it's it's coming yeah. our way as well. Uh, it's it's already here, but hopefully we don't get any of that. <laughs> right, I know. And locally, the one game you were talking about, Rafa, is so um, both Reagan and Johnson twenty eight six a. Uh, big rivalry, obviously. And uh boys game finished. That was a 5 p.m. game. Ended in a 1-1 draw. And the girls game is going on right now. 
and it is uh, at the half, or no, I'm sorry, second half is what it looks like. 25 minutes, 25 minutes remaining second half. It's Reagan one, Johnson one. So we'll continue to give updates on that as well. So, and uh, we got some updates coming to us here from Brian Davis regarding champion. And I'm assuming he's talking about both the women's, the men's and women's uh, teams here. So, yep, going to have a lot of Thursday and Friday back-to-backs, or you'll see some Fridays and Saturdays too. So, good deal, good deal, good deal. So, uh, thoughts on, uh, it's been, what, two weeks now since we've been, since we were, since we last met up. Um, what's uh, What's been going on? What's new? What are your thoughts before we kind of start diving into uh, talking about tonight's topics? Just, uh, you know, the start, most of them start of the district play. I know some are still kind of, I think they're just winding down their non-district schedule. Like I went I went to one game this Saturday between a team from the Valley coming up here to San Antonio. So there was, how was their, like, kind of like their final tune-up before their their district openers. Uh, but we've already seen some, seen some surprises on some, some district, with some districts and was taking over the leads for that, you know, who started strong and so forth. Uh, even even like with the rankings, <laughs> that was a challenge too, and a surprise too, because in, in which we'll get into in a bit. But yeah, that's like I said you, you know a lot of you're starting to see now the teams who's who's for real, who's kind of like the pretenders and so forth. Right, right. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, so you know for those bigger districts, uh, the larger dis- districts that you know have a lot of teams, they got it. They got started in you know uh, early. So in January, the second week, and, you know, here we are on the cusp of February, and you're already starting to see some teams separate themselves as far as points are concerned within the districts are already getting, you know, a uh, a larger lead in their their district play as far as the rankings are concerned. So, um, you know, for instance, in San Antonio, you got the Harlan boys, Five five games played and already five wins. I think the next closest team behind them is is Warren, um, with with uh, three five games played and, and three wins. So you know Harlan's already starting to separate themselves. Um, still early, so you know you never know. Um, but um, but yeah, and and you got yeah, some Dallas right. area teams too. They already mm-hmm. started to supply that you're already seeing they were mm-hmm. in, the, in the meat of their, you know. Yeah. And 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 they're pretty much everywhere too, like El Paso too. Like I said, they have yeah, a yeah. large district too. Yeah. The one district you're going to probably see, or not district, but the classification, because naturally the districts are smaller. That's just getting up and running more is 4A, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they're, it's not to say that some of them aren't already in district play. You're just not going to see. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're just not going to see as many district games. So uh, apologies in terms of if you're watching the video, the live video stream, uh, had some technical difficulties, been a little bit buggy tonight. I don't know if it's related to tonight's weather, ice accumulation. <laughs> Probably I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, but uh, but still, we're going to push through. And and regardless, like I said, we will get this out in the audio format as well. So make sure, make sure you give it a listen because we got a lot of things to hit on tonight. So... Uh, very first thing we're going to actually hit on tonight is going to be we are going to go ahead and look at our uh, our RPI, Rafa, the return of the RPI. I think it's been, what, about a month, mm-hmm. right? So I think it was December 22nd when you mm-hmm. unveiled your initial, your preseason RPI, right? So 
So for our listeners, if you're joining us for the first time, supporters, or it's been a while, if you recall the way we do this RPI, which stands for the Drafa Power Index, uh, this is it's a unique twist in terms of how we actually do uh, how we actually do rankings, and it's strictly based. So Rafa runs it; he puts it together, and how we do it is essentially it is a pound for pound listing. So we look at the top fifteen across the state on on both the men's and women's side regardless of classification. So you can, so you'll see a mix of four A's and five A's in here with six A's. Um, so meaning programs that they, they quote unquote, right. Punch above their weight or very strong, very, very talented, regardless of classification. And then we also look at our, <clears throat> excuse me. We also look at our next five in, right. The ones that are kind of, they're right on the verge of breaking into those top 15. So we'll discuss that tonight and i'm going to go ahead and bring that up now rafa give us uh, initial thoughts while i bring this up like i said like i said i do a lot of research on it no ballots sent out this and that i go in there look at schedules look at records who's who's who goes where and so forth and like i said it, it's it's a tough list especially especially what one with the girls too but that was a tough one to to come to come up with, but it also there was a lot of changes too from the month when we initially started. There's some teams that are not there anymore, and there's some new teams that have popped up, and and like I said, there's some teams that are for real, and you know, and, and that's why I kind of wait a while to see, kind of let it, kind of let it marinate to see who, who who's you know, like I said, who who's really you know up there and so forth. And this is a list I came out with. Um, yeah, like I said. So from the first one to now, what was the give us some trends that you noticed on both the girls and boys side? What were the biggest things that stood out to you that was significantly different from your initial your preseason your preview one? I noticed a lot of the teams from my that I had on the first list. A lot of them had a lot of you know quite a few significant losses to tough teams, but you know, and no disrespect to them, this and that. Because I said, here it is about wins and losses too. Um, but you know, they've kind of, some of them come kind of dropped down, but you know, some of these teams are facing each other, you know, some of these top teams are facing each other, but which is a good thing for them because that's where you're going to meet either in the playoffs or in the state tournament. So that's, that's been a kind of the significance. And then some of these, also these new teams are in the rankings. They beat some of those teams. And like I said, and that's why I included them into, into the top 15 and then the next five. Yeah. And, it, and if you're if you're watching here live right now, and obviously if you listen to this later um, on our live stream feed, in case you're wondering, number one at the very top of the list, which Rafa's about to get into, South Lake Carroll, the Dragons, they are not 2-0. That is a typo. That should be 12-0. So, um, and they're just kind of full steam ahead across the entire state of Texas. So, Rafa, without further ado, go ahead and uh, dive right in. Yeah, so I have number one, South Lake Carroll, like initially started, uh, you know, about a month ago. Uh, they've been on a row, and I actually had the pleasure to, to see them when they came down here to San Antonio, and they they just put on put on a clinic, you know, and you know they're probably the favorite to win, you know, to repeat again for six A, you know, for the six A division, and um, you know they may have some challengers, but like, well, actually tonight they have a challenge. They're actually playing the number six team in my in my list, so. Uh, they haven't scheduled tonight, so I don't know if that game mm-hmm. is continuing or it's been canceled, which we'll hopefully we'll find out later on. But and yeah, that South, is Lake South Lake Carroll team. That is the South Lake Carroll team. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. That last I had seen on the national on the national stage, I think was up to number three in the country. Right, I think, uh, and I don't know if that's a 
I think I saw that that was a maybe it was either a prep prep soccer. I think it was either prep soccer or if not, uh, maybe it was a United soccer coaches. I think it was prep soccer, though, that that poll. But they were up to number three in the nation. So my number two is Salina, uh, another powerhouse. They, and the, the, the interesting thing about Salina, they've been beating up on 5A and 6A teams. They're not shying away. You know, they're not afraid to play anybody. One of the big ones they had was against St. Uh, Ursuline, one of the top TAPS teams in the state. They took care of business with them. Um, so, you know, and like I said, they're, and that's the kind of like the dream matchup. Hopefully maybe they'll schedule a game next year between them and Salina you know, on a non-district. Hopefully that happens. Right. Uh, but another one that's kind of kind of shot up has been Flower Mound. Flower Mound's another one. They're 7-0. and I think that's one team that could, could challenge South Lake Carroll you know, into the playoffs. Another one out of the Houston area is Katie Seven Lakes. You know, they, uh, they're probably, they are the top team in the Houston area. So keep an eye on them. I think they, they have a really good shot at getting to Georgetown. Uh, right. Another one on the rise is that Burleson Centennial team. Like I said, I know Adam and, you know, rank, you know, within the top 15, they've pushed up. Uh, another team's been Keller, the Keller girls. Like I said, they have a big game to, you know, supposedly scheduled tonight with South Lake Carroll. Um, another team that's been consistent is Duncanville. Like I said, they're in the initial top 15 as my list. Uh, another team that wasn't on the list but sh- shot up and, and what I've seen already, uh, I've seen them play is the uh, San Antonio Taft girls. Uh, they're probably the best 6-8 team for the for San Antonio, and they've been some good teams, and, and keep an eye on them. I think they have a good shot of getting into Georgetown. Uh, another Metroplex team, Wiley East, not – you know, spoken of too much. Um, they've the excellent start for the season, and, and like I said, I don't know they're in a tough district, but I think they'll they can do some damage when they get into the playoffs. Uh, another San Antonio area team, Spencer Valley, which which they moved up from six A to five A. They've started out great. Um, I think they're probably going to be the top team to beat for Region Four for five A girls. Uh, another team that was on, initially on the list is Wimberley. Uh, the Wimberley Lady Texans are 10 0 and 1. They had a big win this week over Canyon Lake. Uh, so, like I said, they're coming down with, you know, they'll have that showdown with Bernie in a few weeks. So, keep an eye on them. Another team that's also been consistent, like last year, that, you know, like I said, uh, we all thought maybe it was going to get to Georgetown was Prosper. Proper, you know, like I said, good record there. Like I said, keep an eye on them. Hopefully, like I said, they're probably want to redeem themselves from what they ha- what happened last year. And I think they should take care of business in their district. Another team is Magnolia from out in the Houston area. Great start, seven and one. Another one of the favorites too in the Metroplex is is uh, Farmont Marcus. They're at eight and one. I think like them and Farmont could be the ones that you know give Salt Lake Carroll a run for their money. And the last for my top top fifteen is Salado, thirteen and one. One of the best programs in four A, and like it's a great start for them and. Uh, keep an eye on them. I think they they're gonna do some do some damage in that region one. So for, before you move on, before you move on to your next five N, <clears throat> Steve, any initial thoughts? You feel you kind of feel like roughing up uh, Rafa a little bit on these? What do you think? <laughs> no, I, I actually uh, I'm on board with it. Um, South Lake Carroll, we talked about them a lot in episode three. You know, two weeks ago. So that's you know kind of hands down who we think that uh, is the front runner for, for six, eight girls. Salina's had some, 
some really good uh, wins so far, including a one that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, Katie Seven Lakes, that was a team that we spoke about also on episode three, two weeks ago in regards to that uh, big Katie tournament, and they had won their bracket. Um, so that was one that we were thinking of, yeah, you know, region three is one that, of course, tonight we're talking about, going to be talking about, speaking of uh, region two, but uh, um, San Antonio Taft, I've, I've seen them live with, uh, with Rafa and um, they're one that we also spoke about last episode and, you know, they're still rolling along and putting wins together. Um, right. And another one that's actually, you know, still, undefeated uh, overall as well as, you know, obviously in their district as well. So, but um, that's going to be the force to be reckoned with here in San Antonio. Um, you know, I think they're, let's see where else. Um, who stands out to you here the most of these 15? Who who really has maybe been the, uh, hey, I, I maybe didn't quite see that one coming. These so, are all, obviously these are all quality programs, right? But it's kind of a, yeah. Which one? Which one gets your attention? So I've never seen uh, the league girls uh, this high. We've seen the league boys, you know, year after year. But for the league girls to be this high, and they've earned, I think that they've, you know, earned that uh, honorable mention. You know, um, uh, just due to the fact that all the you know quality wins they've they've been putting together. So um, I think that's that's the one that kind of stands out when I saw. San Antonio Lee girls on the, on the list. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, they're, they're here, you know, this is their time. So uh, they've always had, you know, good players, but it's never all, you know, been put together, you know, in, in one same year. So um, I've yet to seen them play yet uh, so far. So, you know, I, that's a, that's a game I'd, I'd like to see um, or a team. I'm, I'm sorry, a team I would like to go out and see. So, you know, um, one that one that kind of stands out to me, Rafa, is mm-hmm. um, I felt like it, it's not a shock. It's not a surprise, but it, it kind of seemed going in. Right. I think you'd agree that Keller, the Keller, the boy side, right, the men's side seemed like they were getting all the all the attention, for lack of better words, all the attention, the hype, the press, what have you. But yet the girls side just keeps kind of plugging along, right, plugging along. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's one that really kind of intrigues me. That's not shocked to see them there, but they've kind of, some of these schools are just, you know, you see Keller there that they're going to, they're going to see South Lake Carroll at some point, right? This year, you got Flower Mound Marcus at some point, Prosper, some of these, these, these quote unquote Flower Mound as well. These usual suspects, right? Flower Mound coming up with a big win over Marcus just recently. And then you have you have Wimberley, who some people, you know, new coach, obviously and Coach Nichols, people weren't entirely sure what they were going to get, but yet they're here they are undefeated. And that one, you know, that one draw was a match that uh, I didn't get to witness personally, but I was well well aware of. That was a draw versus uh, versus Elmo Heights versus a five A school. So there's some schools here that are definitely you know, and, and then in your next five in, you have Hi- Highland Park sitting there in their first year back at 6A or first year in 6A here. And they're kind of just doing their thing, right? They're kind of going along. Um, let's talk about your next five in. Tell us your thoughts yeah. on those, Rafa. Well, like, like so initially with San Antonio Lee girls, uh, I've been very impressed by them. You know what? I did 
go to do like a live stream for I covered their boys game versus Brandeis. So I stuck around and actually witnessed them play the girls from Brandeis and they put on a clinic and they gave Brandeis a big, you know, big loss. And then the I think the signature win for Santo Lee was last week when they knocked off Reagan. And and yeah, that showed, yeah. you know, that was one that was a statement game to show that to that district that hey, we're for real and we're gonna be contending. And also Sanana you know, to the, to their region two, region four, like, hey, we we're, we're a contender, so and that's why I have them there. Then, as far as part of the next five, Highland Park too. Like I say, you know, moving up from five to six, they they've done well. Even though they have that one blemish, keep an eye on them. They they could surprise some teams. You know, going into the you know into the playoffs, the one the one team that may challenge Katie Seven Lake, keep an eye on that Summer Creek team. They're undefeated right now. They've just flown under the radar in Houston. Right. You know, and there, if you know, because that would be a good match. You know, to see them versus uh, Seven Lakes is going to be a great matchup. You know, and that could also, you know, that could be the turning factor who goes to Georgetown. And speaking of Georgetown, like I said, they've done well too. Uh, they're nine zero and two. Great showing. They're at their own at their own showcase there. And you know, and then the other team, Cy, uh, Cy, uh, Cypress Bridgeland, another team that's flown on the radar from the Houston area. You know, even though they have one loss, but that was a loss too. A, a real qual- a good quality team, which was Wolf of Friendship, which actually was clo- I was close to putting them. It was kind of they well that was they, between them and Bridgeland was kind of like the, the deciding factor who would get to the mm-hmm. you know so I, but Bridgeland had like a little bit of more quality win, so I stuck in them. But like I said, I do want to mention Wolf of Friendship. They you know because they're also a great team, so keep an eye on them in Region One over there in Six A Two as well. Yeah, and Steve is definitely right to see the the Lee. You know the Lee women's side this this high and riding that wave and a huge signature win last week. I think it it says a lot of where they're going. You know, and Coach Eric Stolhansky doing a phenomenal job with them. So uh, I think they've been they're kind of they're definitely getting people's attention. So yeah, um, yeah that Summer Creek Houston Summer Creek squad they're kind of a potential. They got all the makings of a I don't know do do we dare call them a dark horse when they're st- sitting there at ten and zero, but. Uh, but I think needless to say, they are, you know, the big thing with these these squads that you're seeing here and that you'll see in a minute on the men's soccer side is that these records, obviously they have strong records, but they've played strong competition as well, right? They played very good competition. These aren't, they're not just beating up on the cupcakes, if you will. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the uh, the men's side here. All right, Rafa, take it away. So, yeah, th- this one had a lot of changes. Like I said, I had some teams there a month ago. And then kind of when I looked at the records and stuff, you know, there was a, you know, there are some teams that kind of dropped out. Uh, but but there's some teams that kind of rose to the occasion that were in the top 15 to move up. And there are some new ones in there, too. Like my number one is the defending 6A champs, uh, Lake Travis. Um, the only blemish is that tie versus Brandeis. Which is, like I said, Brandeis is a great team. So you can say Lake Travis, you know, that, you know, even though they lost a lot of seniors, you can see already there that they're going to make another run to, to get in there in Region Four. Um, same thing with Kevin, Katie Seven Lakes. I know they had a bad, you know, a, a early season loss in the beginning of the season, but 
that won nine in a row and and also those nine have been quality teams. Uh, another team that's been like a four A perennial power in and every kind of pretty much every year has been Palestine, yeah. and and which I'll talk about more about. They're actually one of my game uh, uh, the uh, featured game, but right now they're twelve and one. Um, the one that you know shot out a rocket <laughs> out of nowhere mm-hmm. is the Lee Boys. You uh, know I didn't have them right initially, yeah. And yeah. and we weren't sure how we you know. You know, from what happened last year, it was a disappointing season. And then this this year, like I said, I've seen them play, and they have made a lot of improvements. And even though they had that one tie with um, with also with Brandeis, they've they've been on roll. I think they made a statement last week with that three zero win over Reagan. Um, they they put the everybody in check that, and especially like I said, in Region Four, hey, we're back, and you know, be on the lookout for us. Uh, another one, another Metroplex part, Allen. Like I said, they've been cruising along, beating quality teams. Um, and then right below them is Frisco Lone Star. It's kind of like last year. They were on the roll last year, you know, all the way to the playoffs until they met up with Wakeland. And actually, they bumped it and already played Wakeland. They actually tied. So that's the only that's the only kind of blemish they've had. Another surprise has been Georgetown. Like the girls, the boys have done well, too. Um, they've been being quality teams. Another traditional power is Capel. Capel's gone six one one. They did really well in that Northeast Elite Showcase. Um, another surprise team that I, I kind of cut the buzz, and I've been looking into is, is been Irvin, the Irvin Tigers. And look at that seven and one. They've beaten some really good teams, and that could be your dark horse there in the Metroplex area. Oh, uh, yeah. Another yeah. another team is Duncanville. And like I said, they've kind of flown a little under the radar too, but traditionally they've they've always had great teams, you know, with that program. Um, and then now another one, Capel. That- you got Capel there at six one and one. Is that that kind of surprised me when I saw mm-hmm. the number of games they had had so far? Right? Did did that seem did that surprise you when you saw that they only had eight games in? I don't know why I thought they were kind of in that twelve thirteen range. Yeah, I think maybe because maybe a couple. I know there were some games that may have been canceled because I know there was one. Game, there was some snow in the Metroplex. I think this past week, so that's maybe where with the why they haven't played so many. But like I said, that they, they've beaten some. Like as I mentioned, when I looked at their schedule, they beat some quality teams, and they did a good showing there at their at, at their right. showcase. Um, out west, uh, you know, what can you say about El Paso Bel Air? You know, I, I know they weren't on the list, but they. Yeah, they they, sorry, they, they, they they always get they, they always get the uh, they get the alumni treatment, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, the, a lot of the focus has been on like Del Valle because what Del Valle's done, but Bel Air, you know, same, you know, they're in the same district, but they've done well. You know, they they're, they're undefeated right now, so keep an eye on them, um, especially they're Region One Five A. Another sleeper team out out in, uh, in East Texas has been Tyler Legacy. They're at ten zero and two. You know. Mm-hmm. And keep you know they could be the probably the best team, um, out you know out there you know in that region, uh, and then the other one is Bernie. I know they've dropped down a little bit, but Bernie's you know because they're defending four A state champs. Uh, they've they've had a good showing so far, and you know some of the te- the games they've lost has been quality six A teams. So no shame on that because like I said, they're stepping up trying to play, but they'll be ready to make another deep run, you know, into the four A playoffs. Another sleeper team is AM Consolidated. No one talked about them. They're at 7 0 and 1. Uh, so they'll be one of the best teams there in that in that region two area. And then uh 
what kind of say I had to give them, the, give these guys their props, you know, Diamond Hill Jarvis from Fort Worth, you know, yeah. 11, one and one, you know, they, they, you know, like I said, you know, we were wondering, okay, was there one hit wonder last year? It's like, no, they're, they're for real. So, you know, they're one of the best 4A teams in the Metroplex area. So, like I said, yeah. they're looking to hopefully yeah. they get back into that, to the state tournament like they did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, Steve, uh, initial thoughts on Rafa's uh, Rafa's fifteen. We'll discuss the the next five in in a second. But gotcha, gotcha. You look at the so, initial fifteen. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So um, on board mo- for most part. The only one that I would you know I don't see on there is uh, one that I would you know I mean if I'm gonna give Rafa a little flack here here it goes right uh, Frisco Wakeland you know two time defending champion I don't see them on there now that being said they don't have you know the most attractive record right now five one and two i believe but to me um you know they're they're right there with you know should be top 10 i think you know uh, right there with the other frisco team lone star but but no i I think rafa did a really good job with this um that's the only one that i Mm -hmm. you know i don't see on there but it's kind of like Rafa, um Rafa, Rafa gives no legacy, no pedigree, <laughs> love whatsoever, man. He just drops them. So uh, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. But they, you keep, keep an eye on them. They'll, like I said, you know, one, one thing is you know, this it kind of happened last year with Lone Star, you know, Lone Star had their number and mm-hmm. you know, and they struggle a bit. But I think with Wakeland, it's when they really wait when they come 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 to play is is playoffs, and that's why. So I think for them, rankings don't matter. It's, it's where you're finished. And this is the one that's holding the trophy right. at the end. That's what I think that would probably matter more yeah. to them than, than, than a ranking. Right. Absolutely. That's the thing, like, that's when, the thing when with Wakeland, though. Right? At, they show up. They yeah. oh, Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, when they show up to state, like, you you know, when you see the Navy and the Orange and they're, they're coming to play. Like, they're they're there for, you know, business. You know, it's not just for fun. It's it's let's take care of business each and every year. So, uh, boys yeah. and girls, I mean, that's, to me, that's that's the program that, you know, everyone's striving to be as far as the schools mm-hmm. are concerned on the boys and girls side. You know, you're starting to see a little bit, you know, with, you know, uh, like, you know, what we talked about earlier with the, with the Lee girls. But, you know, Frisco Wakeland, they – they come to play each and every year, so they've got some. Yeah, they're the, they're definitely the standard, right? Mm-hmm. And and no no slight on their women's program, obviously, because the the men's program has kind of been the uh, the torchbearer, if you will. But they're, I mean, they just that that's the one that's what the one fascinating thing about Wakeland is they have figured out how to manage the season, right? Even if they drop a game here or there. Rafa talked about last year. I think it was they dropped the district title. To, I think it was Lone Star, right? Yeah, it's a Lone so, Star. So they figure out how to manage their way through the season, and then, like the Undertaker, they just rise in the playoffs. You know, they just they just come up and they just they they just keep winning. They figured out the uh, the whatever the recipe is, right? Whatever their whatever their system is, their philosophy, and then they show. And just like you said, Steve, they show up. You know, they. You know, we joked about it, right, a month ago. Rafa, if you remember, we joked about how they scheduled their – they make reservations for Georgetown in January, right, because they're just a staple, right? They're they're already set. So uh, – and that's no no disrespect to Lone Star or any other program, but uh, 
but yeah, don't definitely don't count them out. Yeah. So I'm right with you on that one, Steve. Yeah. Great yeah. Point. In regards to the, the Frisco Wakeland girls though, you know, for years they always had a Dallas, Dallas Highland park problem, right. You know, being in that same region and, and classification, but you know, you know, uh, no more, you know, they're, they're, Highland Park has moved up to 6A. So, um, but the Frisco Wakeland girls, that being said, you know, the last two years they've won their region. So, but we'll get into that, you know, later on with region. Right. Two. Right. Right. Next five in Rafa. Yeah. The next five I have is the Woodlands. I know, I know I had them initially in within the top 15, but they've got a couple of games, but still great record. One of the better teams out, you know, in the Houston area, but especially here, I think in, in there in region two, uh, one another one like like the girls is the Prosper Boys, and like I said, they've started out really well, eight zero and two. They could challenge, you know, some of the teams there in the Metroplex area to get into Georgetown. Uh, here, Region Four, Alamo Heights, uh, solid start of the season. They actually won the Corpus the Corpus Christi tournament, and they're already into district play. They've had some close games, you know, they had some challenges, you know, early on, but they've won those games. And like I said, right now they're in first place in their district. Another sleeper team come out of nowhere from West Texas is Midland. Uh, no one's really mm -hmm. talked about them. They're undefeated. Um, they recently played my former team and, you know, they went to Del Rio, got a three win win and uh, keep an eye on them. They could surprise one of those uh, region one, six, uh, eight Metroplex teams. And then the other one, another one, another powerhouse, like I said, Louisville Hebron. Like I said, they're, Great start to the season as well at eight and zero. Like I said, they're going to be challenging. Like I said, like the Allens, the, the Capels, you know, even maybe like the Salt Lake Carols and the Kellers, you know, mm -hmm. into into the playoffs. So my question for you is this: because I know you you do a deep dive on these with research as well as reaching out to different programs, different coaches. But what are your thoughts? How come no? Um, in looking at this and in, in assembling this. How come, what are your thoughts as far as no, we see no Valley teams, right? We see no teams in terms of the, uh, the Northern Plains, you know, uh, the Wichita, your Wichita Falls, Falls is of the world. Um, where do they stand? Do you see any contenders in terms of your RPI that are maybe there on just on the outside of these next five in? I, I think as far as with the Valley, I know for 6A, you know, kind of your usual spokes, suspects are like Los Fresnos, uh, like Brownsville Devetta, Brownsville Hannah, Hannah for, for 6A. And I like to see them, well, even like with even with Porter, we're in 5A, Lopez, yeah. um, even Venerous Memorial. You know, I like to see them move, play up, go up north and play some of these, you know, the San Antonio teams, the Austin teams, or even into the Houston area. You know, that way we can see, you know, and you never know, we can see if they are, you know, strong enough to, you know, be in, you know, play these teams into the into the state terms. Like I said, we've had some Valley teams that have won the state titles, but lately we haven't really seen much of them come up north to, you know, to play some, you know, some of these, you know, some of the kind of the elite teams and so forth. Hopefully that maybe that'll change soon. Um, I, Even in 4A, you know, you know, you have some t top four teams like Hidalgo and Progreso. I mean, I like to see them come up, you know, over here to see you know, see how they handle some of the teams that we have in this area. And could it be that they don't really have a lot of, um, you know, social media presence too? That's a possibility. You know, that's a possibility. 
Um, and I don't know, maybe like school budgets could also limit them from how far they can travel to that. You know, that's, you know, that, 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 that's, you know, sometimes in it, you know, you don't have the money to, you know, get a charter bus and go up and spend a few days in, you know, in the, in Houston or in, or in Dallas or Austin or San Antonio to play some of the better teams. Um, you know, not to say that the quality of soccer is bad down there because there's some good teams down there. It's just, you know, I like to see them oh, yeah. come out and head out there and play some of these. You know, I like to see some of the Brownsville teams play in that Austin Lake Showcase. You know, see what they can do. You know, that'd be interesting right. to see how how do they do in the, in the in those games. Even the Northeast ISD, you know, here in San Antonio, and, mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, Houston tournaments as well. So even yeah. even the girls too, I think they need to start. You know, come up to well, like this week we had. I went Saturday. I had a game that I live streamed, which was Cibolo uh, Steel versus Los Fresnos, and I was good on Los Fresnos to come up to play a, a good quality San Antonio area team. And hopefully that'll kind of encourage them more to come up, you know, over here to, instead of playing more of their teams down there, come up, play some of the, you know, some of the tougher teams that within, you know, within the region and, and, or beyond, like I said, with the Dallas or the Houston areas as well. Yeah. And also right. before we get into region two, uh, Hector, I did see a comment about uh, from Brian Davis in regards to uh, Brandeis and uh, um, Brandeis, I did get to go and see play and, and that's a very good team. And they're the ones that, uh, that, that tied Lee. So, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely Brandeis. They're, is in, they're on the brink. They're on the brink. So. Very, yeah. Yeah. They should be. Yeah. And, and they're on the brink. They're, yeah. they're very doesn't like Rafa just doesn't like him, man. He just he doesn't give him any love. Rafa doesn't. I just look like, like two him. minutes from there. So. Yeah, he's like he's like he's like, hey Lee, hey, let's put him up there. Brandeis, eh, I don't know, man. Yeah, know. and as far I'm as just, I, I know, uh, Lavernia was in Brian's comment as well. So, um, you know, they're definitely you know an up and coming uh, mm-hmm. program on the like on those the two yeah, those two teams those two teams I do have them in my for my local. Uh, my right. San Antonio roundtable, they're in my actually top 15 in, in those rankings. Like I had Brandeis ranked number four for right, the San Antonio right, right. area. I think Laverne was in the top 10 as well. So I do recognize yeah. them here locally. But as far as yeah. statewide, they're getting, they're inching closer and closer. And who's mm-hmm. to say by the next, the next set of rankings, you know, you could end up seeing them in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely so far, they've been the, uh, them and Lee, right. Have clearly been the, and that's saying a lot, considering with Reagan in there, right? Um, Reagan and even Johnson. But right now, it's the two that have stood out the most have obviously been in terms of results have been Lee and Brandeis. And the fact that they've already drawn against each other, I think it's it's going to make for a spicy, uh, spicy kind of stretch Street. down the road, you know, down the yeah, down the stretch there with twenty eight six A. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to Region Two here. So we're going to look at. Uh, so what we kind of wanted to do here is we want to go ahead and look at, uh, so we're going to look at both. We'll, we'll start with girls and then follow with boys before we move on to 5A and 6A. But the goal here is we're not going to necessarily look at every single district as much as we're going to talk about maybe favorites, some front runners, some dark horses, and maybe even some Cinderella's in here in some of these districts. Uh, mm-hmm. So initial thoughts as we start on the girls' side in Region 2 with our Region 2 preview. Gentlemen. Yeah, so for for Region Two, for a um, District Six, I'm sorry, <laughs> District District Eleven is the kind of the the, the 
cream of the crop as far as uh, you know what we've seen historically. Um, so Salina being the uh, you know uh, top school, and from what I see, not just Region Two, but for mm -hmm. you know the state. Um, you also got the uh, uh, Anna girls right there as well. And I think Melissa was in there, but they they moved up. I believe they they moved right. up to yeah. other classifications. Yeah, this district looks they very were, this district looks very different from last year. Along with Kettle yeah, Mills, so, not in there as well. Yeah, it's very. This was last year. Rafa and I talked about it. Yeah. This was like when you talked about pound for pound in terms of one of the top districts, regardless of classification. This district was stacked. Yes. Yeah. So District Eleven, the other one uh, that I kind of. Uh, Kind of targeted as district 15 as well with uh henderson kilgore and uh mm. longview spring hill those are the two that um, they had uh multiple teams in their regional quarterfinals last year um that uh that that got pretty far um so those are the two that kind of stick out um for for myself rafa yeah for me the Salinas are kind of like I said, they're the cream of the crop for for Region Two. Um, also, I mean, you got to get also with Anna. Uh, you know, they've they, you know they're they're like I said last year there was the four teams from that district that made the regional quarterfinals. So, uh, so keep an eye on those two, Cattle Mills too as well. Um, mm -hmm. Looking looking at the other ones, uh, keep an eye on the Palestine girls. I think they could be they could make some noise. Mm -hmm. On, on there from District 16, um, you know, as for you know, District 14, they had a couple of good teams there too, like uh, like Tyler Chapel Hill, Athens. But mm -hmm. as far as for four A girls, I, you know, my, my money's on, on Salina. I, I just don't see anybody challenging them to you know yeah. as far as the way getting into Georgetown. Yeah, this is very much this is very much a conversation like what we had with. Uh, Region one and region one six eight girls with South Lake Carroll, right? Where it's like the yeah. it's Salina versus the field, right? <laughs> who can uh you know if Salina can stay healthy, if Salina can stay focused, who you know it's it's going to take a a bad, a very bad day by them and who can beat them on their best day, right? Because it's it that's that's the thing in tournament play, right? Is when you get in the state playoffs, it just it just takes that one time is nine times out of ten, Salina probably will beat most of their uh, their opponents in terms of tournament play but it just takes that one time right so so yeah yeah i'm with you guys on that one um steve do you have anything else no that was it thank you no yeah. awesome all right so we transition over stay in 4a on the boys side uh it's almost a carbon copy <laughs> right but uh what, what what are our thoughts here gentlemen so for uh, for the boys, I think it's it's spread out a little bit more. There's there's a little bit more districts that kind of come into play, um, uh, but Salina's right there again in District 11. Um, so that's going to be you know a competitive district as well. Uh, the boys, I think they made it all the way to to uh, the state final, I believe, last yep. year for 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 Salina. Uh, against Bernie. Yeah, yeah, against mm -hmm. Bernie. Um, and then you've got. Um, District 12 with uh, Nevada Community um, and Sunnyvale is another one that uh, up and coming schools um, and District 13 as well with uh, Paris and Mount Pleasant doing pretty well last year. So 
Um, like I said, it's kind of spread out a little bit more than the girls on the boys' side. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of what I see. But another couple teams is uh, Kilgore. Watch out for them. And, of course, um, high on the RPI, the Palestine boys. Yeah, yeah. And, Rafa, I'll jump in on this one. But um, I think very much Salina, right? And it's not quite a Salina versus the field, but they are very tough to go against, right? Very tough to go against. Um, two teams I kind of really want to mention though, right. Is, and just because I've gotten to know them a little, you know, a lot, not a little bit, but a lot better just in terms of their depth, their quality, following them a little closer and they've been on the podcast, right? So mm -hmm. full disclosure is, yeah. you know, coach Tipton up and with his sulfur Springs boys, yeah. he's got, he, they are, they have built a program, right? They are, <laughs> excuse me. Now it's just a matter of, um, kind of the the confidence the belief in seeing it through uh, but i think they're going to be when it's all said and done they are going to they're going to make a significant impact in the state playoffs and the other one that's you know can they make that next big step that could emerge as a as a dark horse is you know we talk about the, the foxes right the cattle mills foxes um mm -hmm. they you know can they make that big jump um so we'll see well i think those those are some of the ones i want to highlight you look at district 15 with uh with Kilgore you know um some of the some of these schools that could you know are they going to take that big jump are they going to make that next big step and then of course you got district uh district 16 there right with Pal Palestine right um and I think Rafa that's who you had in your top uh, what was it in your top you had in your what top 10 I think top 10 yeah top 10 yeah 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 they're probably the to be they're the best team in region two but one to keep an eye out on, they're not. And then actually, there's the one team that was kind of on the edge of getting um, on my honorable mention was there in District 15 was Gladewater Sabine. They're actually 12 and 0. And and keep an eye on them. They may surprise, like I said, they may surprise some teams this year. Uh, like you mentioned, Sulphur Strings is another one, Paris, uh, Cattle Mills, uh, Salina, like I said, they actually had a matchup with Palestine, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, like I said, mm -hmm. they made it to the regional, uh, to the state final. We lost to Bernie, so those are probably your your top programs. Um, not so much with the Dallas area teams, you know. I just I don't see them, you know, maybe contending against like teams from District 11, 12, and 16, and 15, and even 14. Uh, District 14, maybe like I think probably maybe Athens, Chapel Hill, like the Chapel Hill. You know, those those could be the one your surprises there as well. Yeah. And last year in the playoffs for for a boys, um, you know, from the region quarterfinals all the way down to the uh, to the region final, they're all close games. So, you know, I know Salina, you know, wound up winning that and then, um, you know, going all the way to state in the finals and, su and such. But, you know, it could have gone any, any of those eight teams could have, you know, advanced all the way. So right. it's very competitive um you know these these uh these districts so you know once playoffs right. come around it'll be very interesting to see who makes it out this year so um mm -hmm. front runner possibly you know is you know salina palestine is kind of what we're anticipating but it like i said we said we it could be any of these teams yeah yeah well said so any reattacks any final thoughts before we move on to 5a Yep. Okay. All right. So we go ahead and we move on now to 
make sure you guys can see this. All right, so we'll start off. So here we go. So let me see here. Hopefully you guys can see this a little bit better. So yeah, region, there we go. Region two, uh, region two, five A girls. Uh, Steve, lead us off. Sure. So, um, for the girls, you had a lot of movement as far as um, you know. Like I had mentioned earlier in the show, Dallas Highland Park moved from from five A up to six A. You also had Prosper Rock Hill move up from five A to six A. Um, then you also had uh, Joshua and Midlothian. They moved over to Region 1. You know, we had speak, spoken of them um, in the last episode. So a lot of movement. So um, that being said, is, <laughs> is it a little bit easier for Frisco Wakeland to, you know, uh, bolt through this, uh, this, this region? Uh, possibly, but you got some, some, some upcoming schools as well. You know, like um, they already have their hands full within their own district. So district nine is going to be very competitive. Like it usually is. Um, and also you've got other teams like uh, Dallas white and district 11 and, and district 14 as well. Uh, Red Oak in, in district 14. So, you know, uh, we could see some, some, some newer names come up and, and, make that run for, for Georgetown. Rafa? Just looking at the, you know, here in region two, like I said, the favorite's got to be Wakeland, but they're in their own district. You got to keep, keep it on the colony. They've always had some good teams, but even district, district 13 could be a curveball for, for Wakeland. Uh, you're looking at Melissa, even though they're moving up from 4A to, uh, from 4A to 5A, they're still a quality team, and also that McKinney North, McKinney North, and Lucas mm -hmm. Lovejoy, those are some also some powerhouses there. So those are three teams that could challenge Wakeland, um, and then the other half of the Frisco teams. You know, you never know with any of those, like you know, with Emerson or Heritage or Lebanon Trail, they could be in the mix. Um, and then if you look move out east, the one that kind of maybe be under the radar might be that Humble Kingwood Park team. You know. You know, you know how they're in Kingwood. They've had some great soccer teams down there, so keep keep an eye on them. Mm -hmm. You know, they could they could they could be a dark horse there for for the region for region two. Yeah, yeah. I think what what it comes down to, right, is is it a is it status quo, and do all roads lead through your probably District Nine, maybe District Ten, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, with Wakeland, we just talked about Wakeland there. <clears throat> Excuse me, but then you. The one that intrigues me a little bit that just looks like you have some, we don't call it powerhouses. We don't, but they're not Cinderella's. Maybe they're kind of your some that could emerge as a, just as a power, as a as a dark horse. You look at District Thirteen, right? You know, Lucas Lovejoy, Lucas Lovejoy. They just beat, uh, they just beat a, a five A staple in uh, in Bernie Champion, right? A state. Uh, a state representative in, in Bernie champion this year, recently in tournament play. And you look, you know, you look at even Princeton, you look at some of these schools here, you know, what can, can they emerge, right? Can they emerge? Um, you got a, uh, a Corsicana program that's coming along. That's better, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say better than expected, but they are surprising some people along the way. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, 
That's an interesting one. This one, when you look at it at the five A level, is it the uh, is it is it going to be the status quo, or will someone kind of emerge here? We shall see. All right. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to do it. That's going to do it for five A Region Two, five A girls, and then we we move over to the boys. Um, this has clearly got to be <laughs> district, district nine versus the field, right? So um, thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think Frisco Wakeland has won this region six years in a row and won state the last four out of five years, something like that. So, um, yeah, so it, it, I kind of predicting that that's, it's going to – run the same course um uh but you know to be determined can lone so, star up and them can lone star <laughs> change that, right I, I think this could be the year for them yeah i think yeah. i think so i think you know you learn from losses and i think you know early on yeah right, like right now they've already played they tied but i i think i think they that sting of losing to them and knowing that they had them that they they took the district title away from them, you know. Now can that can them take the next step? Okay, we took this district title from you. Now can we take away the region from you? You know, mm -hmm. that, and that's probably be their that's probably their motivating goal this year. And, and also, Reedy right there too. Reedy mm -hmm. was in the regional quarters and mm -hmm. and lost to Lone Star. You know, one zero, so mm -hmm. real close game. Watch out for them as yeah. well. So I, I think three of the Three, three of those teams in District 9 was in the, you know, regional quarterfinals, which means the last eight teams. So three of those, the, the quarterfinal teams was came from District 9. The other district yeah. uh, to kind of watch out for is, is District 15 on the boys' side. Um, so you've got Long, Longview there, Mount Pleasant, and, uh, and White House that are also, you know, representatives in, the, uh, in, in, those, uh, in that side of the bracket for region two. So, you know, that's, that's the other district that can, you know, maybe um, find their way into a regional final. So, but mm -hmm. other than that, I, I for me, I, I don't really see too many other districts uh, for 5A. It's pretty much district nine and possibly district 15. Rafa? I, I, like I said, district nine is probably the toughest one of all of the, mm -hmm. the districts in region two. But also keep an eye on, like like I said, like the Lucas Lovejoy boys. They they could turn some heads. Same thing with McKinney North, um, District 14. Um, keep an eye on Red Oak. Red Oaks had some really good quality teams the last few years, and you know they're one. They're, they've had, they've built a pretty good program there. Same thing with Longview Pine Tree, uh, and then also in District 16 is that that humble Kingwood Park team. If you remember, they made it to the state. Uh, mm -hmm. State final two years ago, um, right? Like said, yeah, and so they 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 got a great program. They got some great players. Like I said, I've seen them play, you know, a few years ago, and they could be the one that can challenge, you know, you know, Wakeland or Radio Lone Star, um, you know, who represents this, you know, this region going to Georgetown. Yeah, I think they just recently moved to Region Two from Region Three. Um, so yeah, now now they're in this side. So yeah, that's another team as well. Gotcha. Okay. We're going to go ahead and move on to 6A. And as we do that, by the way, I got a final score here. 
uh, 28-6A matchup women's soccer. Final score, Reagan 2, San, San Antonio Reagan 2, San Antonio Johnson 1. Right. So, interesting there. Yeah. All right. So, Region 2-6A. Uh, go ahead, Rafa, go ahead and lead us off. Uh, this this for girls this is also probably it's gonna probably be a really hard to pick because mm -hmm. there's there's no really clear club favorite out uh, you know if you look at district nine you got some great teams like you know like Rowlette, uh wiley east um district 10 you got the rockwell teams you know rockwell made it all the way to the you know to the final um mm -hmm. and, and like i said rockwell heath that's also the girls they're doing well too district 11 uh, Duncanville, um, also the Mansfield, like Mansfield, uh, Mansfield High, Lake Ridge. That's some, some tough tests. Um, you got Thursday 13, you got Woodlands College Park. I mean, pick your poison there, Grand Oaks. Um, and then also down in District 15, the Klein schools have been producing, they've always played well. The one Tomball yeah. Memorial is another, they're one of the top teams in, the, in that Houston area. And then even District 16 is another murder road district with Bridgeland. You got Sy Lakes, you know, Langham Creek. So it, it's this one's going to be tough to predict who's going to come out. It's, this is going to be a dogfight, right. you know, I agree. For, for the I girls. Agree. This is this is a very, very balanced region, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, throw, so. throw a dart at this one. This one's just, you know, <laughs> it, it could come <laughs> from just any of these districts, really. So, you know, like. District nine, you got Saxy as well. Uh Wiley. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they've been strong so far. They've been strong. Yeah. yeah. Got the, the Waco Midway right? too. Yeah. Waco Midway. Mm -hmm. The girls are good. And I think the one also that's under the radar is that Flugero Weiss team too. For mm -hmm. the girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, Rockwall's another one, Wiley. Uh yeah. District eleven, you got the Mansfields, um, and Mansfield Legacy, Waxahachie girls too. Um District 12, they've, they've got some some tough teams. We spoke of those already. 13, you've got the Woodlands, mm -hmm. Conroe, the Woodlands. So Woodlands College Park as well. Um, yeah, the Woodlands, man, the Woodlands. I mean, then you got the yeah, Springs, the Kleins, the Tomball. I mean, it's whoever comes out of this region, you know, is they, they you know, and shows up at Georgetown. Watch out for this team. So mm -hmm. they're going to be, you know, well, uh, it, yeah, they'll be ready to play. So, um, yeah, it's no wonder. It's it's not a shock, right? Last year at this time, I know Rafa and I, like nobody really in the right mind, could have predicted that Rockwall would come out of this, right? And you know, and then they knock off uh, Ridgepoint, right? Fort Bend Ridgepoint in the state mm -hmm. semifinal, you know, and they <clears throat> and then they and they meet up with with South Lake Curl, a South Lake Curl squad that was just coming of age. Um, but if not for that, I mean, Rockwall, they just they got hot, you know, they were competitive in district and they, they started to get hot at the right time. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I think this, this is going to be a battle tested group, right? It's just going to be a matter of who can, who can potentially stay healthy and who can get hot at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll go ahead and we'll switch over to region two on the men's side and Steve, go ahead and lead us off. Yeah, no problem. Um, so region two on the, on the, for the boys, it's 
pretty similar. I mean, we've got some 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 teams spread out from from all over this region. So you've got uh, you know the Garland teams in District Nine. You've got the uh, Rockwall Rockwall Heath, I should say, in District Ten. Um, District Eleven is probably going to be the uh, I won't say cream of the crop, but you know the 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 team it had three teams in the quarters last year. So you got Duncanville, Mansfield, uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge in the regional quarterfinals last year. So, um, you know, look out for that district. That's pretty competitive. Um, Waco Midway in district 12, another team. Um, let's see. Yeah. The Woodlands district 13, another team. Um, and then you got the clients down in district 15. Um, those are always historically, I, I think the first time I went to state was, uh, dating myself here, <laughs> 97 and, you know, Klein was that, that team that, you know, just stood out to me, uh, they're bright Man, yellow. They're old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. Alan Barker. The Alan yeah, Barker. They, they play that three, four, three, where they would send the ball from the back to the forwards <laughs> and head it back to the midfields yeah. and then go score on you. Yeah, they they got you hit on you hit on someone though in District Eleven is that I think is just they they look like they're for real is Duncanville right mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. uh, they're just they're kind of like wow the more I'm, I'm the more I'm starting to see them the more I'm starting to like them right yeah. and I'm sure some of the, you know that's just that's a very strong district so everyone's oh, yeah. can they survive can they survive that district right and then because sometimes what you find in some of these districts is there's this healthy balance between being battle tested, but then also just kind of the old SEC rule, right? Where you're just, you're so beat up just surviving your district that it's like, you don't have, you don't have much left in the tank or you're just not healthy enough, right? When you come to state playoffs. So that's, that's one of those districts that I look at just like the, just like district 15, right? Is you can survive that district, but how healthy are you? And are you, and are you peaking at the right time coming out of the the district, you know, the district race going into the state playoffs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then uh, District 16 as well with, uh, you know, some of the Cypress teams, um, you know, that are in there as well as Langham Creek. So those are teams that you see in the uh, the, mm -hmm. the big tournament each each year. So and and advancing, you know, two or three rounds and such. So, um, yeah, no, another competitive region i think is historically this is the region that produces the most uh champions you know for for boys and girls um over uh, over all the all of the years so um yeah region two whoever comes out that like i said for the girl side same thing with the boys they're gonna be ready to play in georgetown mm -hmm. rafa yeah you know just kind of picking back on all you got teams like duncanville i think it's probably the class them and them and the Woodlands are probably the the, the two recognizable recognizable programs out there, uh, but then you also have like Rockwall Heath who made the final a few years ago. You know, they, I think they built a pretty good program. Uh, same thing with the Waco Midway Boys; they've always had a strong program, especially when they were in five A. You know, they've now in six A. Uh, Langham Creek, keep an eye on them. They've they, they've been coached really well the last few years and. That's, you know, they've always kind of felt like one game short, kind of breaking through. So maybe this is where they break through and get to Georgetown. And then, yeah, District 15 is like uh, like Murder Row there with the Klein schools. That's, that's a playoff game each each game, oh, yeah. you know. And it's, you know, I'm sure they beat up on each other. And, 
you know, maybe that's hurt them, you know, one of those teams to getting back to Georgetown. Um, and also the Garland teams. There's some good Garland teams, like Rowlett's a good team. Uh, Sashi's another one. Uh, Wiley East, you know, like I said, they're they're another great program. So whoever comes out of Region 2 is going to be battle-tested and going into Georgetown. So they're going to have to be kind of rise to the occasion to really <laughs> – to you know, and maybe some luck too to win to get to Georgetown. Good stuff, uh, Steve. Any reattacks on that before uh, before we go ahead and wrap up? No, no. I think uh, we both covered uh, pretty much everything. Region two for the boys. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And that's uh, that's going to do it. With uh, that's going to do it for our region two preview. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I know, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last two years, right, and especially last year, the conversation that we were having was kind of maybe not so much a region, not really a, a region two slash region three conversation, but so but more of a a Houston conversation, right? A, hey, what's what's going on with Houston? They're having a hard time. Kind of being the per, you know the the perennial power that they are every year at state. What are your what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that going forward into this year, Rafa? I think you know the whole focus really is a lot has to do like with the Metroplex teams. I think they've kind of overtaken them, you know, as far as the quality of you know programs and so forth. And we really haven't seen many Houston teams kind of you know, gone into and been that one program, you know, it's been a while. Like I remember, like, like Steve mentioned, like I said, I, get, I got to see some of those, like those client teams that were really, really good. And, um, you know, even back in the day when it was 4A, Brenham was another one of the top programs in the state, you know, they made, they would go to Georgetown. Um, you know, I, I think with, with that, you know, with that region, with that area, you know, you know, how, what is it going to take to close the gap? Is this, you know, maybe, like I said, it's going to do maybe a lot to do with the offseason play for their players, you know, prepare preparation, wherever they're playing in club and so forth, you know, to try to close that gap. And like I said, but there are some good quality teams in that in that Houston area that the, maybe this could be the breakout year that they finally challenge some of the Dallas teams. Steve, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, so, you know, talking to, I think it was last year, last year's, uh, when we spoke after the turn, the state tournament, you know, no, mm -hmm. no region three team won a game at all region three being the Houston, greater Houston area. They didn't, they didn't make it to a final at all. So basically all the finals was, you know, the Dallas DFW Metroplex, you had Austin, you had San Antonio, um, so, but nothing out of Houston. That was the you know big thing came coming out of 2022, in regards to you know at at the end of state. Of course, we discussed all the champions and so, but but the big thing that we took out of it was, you know, not. I think Houston went 0 and six, you know, from 4A, all the way to mm -hmm. 6 boys and girls. So, but I I think that's going to change because. You know, they are there's too many great players coming out of Houston that uh for, for that to, to right. happen again. So I think that, you know, um 
this year we'll probably see a little bit of a, a shift. I don't know if it could be a great shift, but, you know, uh, as far as, you know, uh, a lot of teams coming out of Houston, but I think they're going to, you know, get a couple wins and get a couple uh, representatives that'll be playing in, in state finals and stuff. But, um, but yeah, and it's also interesting geogra geographically to see some of the region uh, three filter into, you know, starting to filter into region two. So now you're starting to see, right. for instance, the Cypress teams, you know, some Cypress teams are in region three and some are in region two, you know, yeah, district 16 and 17. Um, same thing with, um, was it, uh, I forgot there was a, yeah, like Tomball yeah. and, yeah, Tomball is, well. you know, you've got Tomball coming over into, you know, uh, district two and, and, and so, uh, but, you know, uh, oh, some of the, the Houston, you know, uh, Aldine, Eisenhower, MacArthur, mm -hmm. Dim, you know, spring, um, you know, uh, filtering into to region two. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, geographically as well. But um, but yeah, no, I, th I think Houston's got way too many great, great players for yeah. uh, for for them to not, you know, represent in, in state as far as making it you know, advancing past the state semifinal into the final. So, um, but, you know, we'll see, but and mm -hmm. it, it should be. Yeah. So I guess that's the, that's the real question, right? Is it, is it what we've seen over the last two years, but especially the last year, is it an anomaly, right? Is it kind of a one-off or I guess, do we really start to identify a trend this year? Right. I guess, well, time will tell, but we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah. So, Okay, don't go, uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, and we'll, uh, we'll dive into the latter half of, uh, of our episode. So we'll be right back. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face -face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. All right, and we're back with episode four of Inside Texas High School Soccer. So welcome back as we're joined by both uh, our newest contributor, Steve, all right, Mr. Steve Sanchez, as well as the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas High School Soccer. All right, Mr. Rafa Castorena, or today as we're called, we're referring to him as Jera for today's uh, for today's show, right? So uh, <laughs> thought I forgot about that, didn't you? Um, but before we dive into our, our, the latter half of our uh, of our episode, I want to tell you guys about our good friends at Gipper. So we've been partnered with them for going on seven months now, and they've been doing phenomenal work and support with us on the digital graphics side. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality, visual-branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. 
So if you're a newbie, don't know how to do anything, right? You're just, you're technology challenged. Or if you're that power user, you have significant experience on the on the digital graphics side, they they tailor to both, right? So they do pretty much, they do pretty awesome work. And just for being a, a listener, a supporter of the 5050 podcast, they're going to give you 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. All you got to do is go to gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050. All right, gentlemen. So next segment, we're going to talk about best matches. Best matches, we maybe a couple of matches, right? We can't highlight all of them, but maybe a couple of matches that we came across that we saw, that we saw directly, or maybe that we just came across and talking with other coaches and that we came across in social media and spoke with, again, coaches, other fellow fellow you know fellow contributors that were in attendance we're going to highlight a couple of uh regardless on the boys or girls side doesn't matter 4a 5a 6a um let's go ahead let's uh let's start off with you rafa well for my best matches for for boys uh was a, a pretty much could have been a a, a a regional final game between uh palestine and salina they actually hooked up non-district play and Palestine got a four nothing win, so they made a statement to Region Two and say, "Hey, you know, yes, Atlanta made the final last year, but th- we, you know this could be our year to go back to Georgetown." So that's that's a huge win for you know Palestine for their program. You know, like I said, some put some doubt for Salina if they meet up again. You know, like I said, they could see each other again in that in that regional final for Region Two. Uh, the other one is the girls' game is here. My my backyard was a region uh for a district uh 28 6a the lee girls like i said had, were one of my honorable mentions they met they had a statement game this past week by knocking off reagan who was a regional finalist last mm-hmm. year yeah. they got a one nothing win and you know they they're for real and like i said they told you know telling 26a hey we're, we're here to take the crown and hopefully go deep and represent you know you know region four into you know go to, to go to georgetown Nice. Awesome. Steve? Yeah, so for the boys, um, we spoke of these two schools earlier. Uh, They actually played each other recently uh, last week, uh, Frisco Wakeland and uh, Frisco Lone Star. I believe it was 2-2 last Friday. Um, So that's, you know, could possibly be a regional final. Uh, I'm sure Frisco Reedy might have something to say about that as well. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, no – that was uh, what I took from it, uh, from the boys, and it being two to two, you know, it's yeah. got to be that's that's a good match right there, you know, four goals. We gotta um, we gotta dive into those uh, district. We gotta dive into those those uh, matchups between both of them last year in district play just to see how they played out. I'm kind of curious, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, and on the girls' side, um, Flower Mound Marcus and Flower Mound. I know two of those teams were in the uh, RPI earlier. Um, and they uh, drew as well, 0-0. So, you know, that's another possible regional final uh, on the yeah. 6A side. So some some powerhouses that are meeting uh, uh, still in January, but could, you know, possibly be meeting, you know, uh, uh, a second or even a third time, you know. Right, right. Yeah, great. Uh, those are some uh, some powerhouse programs right there. Uh so I wanted to highlight a couple really quick, and they all, as it just so happened, they kind of all fell on the girls' side. Um, so two six A's and a four A, but uh, the match that both uh, Rafa and I had uh, had a chance to be at and cover, uh, San Antonio Taft and 
San Antonio O'Connor. It was a uh, 29-6A matchup, and it didn't final score 2-0 Taft, but it was, I mean, that was only telling you a part a part of the story, right? It was definitely a battle. And uh, you know, Taft got both of their both of their goals, got their second goal really late in the game when O'Connor was kind of surging as well after Taft got an early second half goal. And uh, but yeah, I thought <clears throat> excuse me, I thought they matched up very well. You have you have Taft, which is a very, very solid, very well, you know, very well run, very well coached, very physical uh, team. And on the setup on that field that day on North Side, what was it? I think it was North Side Two, right? The second yeah, field, the grass field. Um, yeah, the grass field. They kind of favored maybe Taft a little bit to a certain extent, whereas you had O'Connor as. Uh, they are fast. O'Connor is a very you know not to take anything away from Taft because Taft has some speed for sure as well. But O'Connor has. Uh, they have. They want to play quick. They want to play fast, and you put them on a bigger field, and they're gonna. I think that that would be to their advantage, right? So, more to come on that that second time they play. And I think, Rafa, you re, you recall the date on that? I don't know if it was you or Steve. I thought it was you that mentioned the date when they play again. Yeah, I know they're playing at Ferris Stadium, which is a turf field. Correct. Uh, Correct. Sometime in, uh, I believe, um, sometime February. in March, February. Yeah. February. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say February eighteenth or mid February. Mid February. So. Yeah, that's what I, that sounds about. Yeah, I know we were discussing it, but second matchup, the one that was kind of, uh, I was like, okay, it's like they're here already. They're maybe they're ahead of schedule. Was um, six eight girls stripping springs, knocking down uh, a, st- a state representative last year in Westlake four to one. Um, that was kind of that didn't it didn't shock me that they won, but it seemed pretty convincing, right? Pretty convincingly they won. And uh, against a Westlake squad that is supposed to be, I think, maybe I don't know where they stand in terms of versus last year, right? But I think there there isn't this huge drop off from a team that went to state tournament last year, right? So um, that one I think just got people's attention from the standpoint of okay, Dripping Springs first year in six A and they're just and they're just humming, right? They're not uh, they're not skipping a beat whatsoever. They're going to be for real immediately in six A. So. And then my last one, I know it was the one, it was the one that both Rafa and I highlighted. And it was one that was very, it was definitely a, a spicy matchup there in 4A Salina girls versus a Taps Power and really the winningest, the winningest high school program in all of sports, really in the nation in Dallas Ursuline, right? D- Dallas Ursuline Academy and Salina, the 4A uh, Salina. Uh, coming out victorious over over Ursuline five to two. What were your thoughts when you saw the result on that one, Rafa? Oh, that showed that Salinos were real. I, I think they're like I said, they, you know, f- for a very young program to make to win some of these win games against some of these top teams, and not only in the state but also you know they've been nationally ranked too. You know, it, it shows how how far far along this program and. The sky's the limit, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I feel that they're probably, like I said, they're going to be the favorite to repeat for four A girls soccer. You know, you know, look at the look at the amount of players they lost last year, especially their leading scorer too, who had <laughs> tons of goals, averaging close yeah. to four or five goals a game. But you know, they didn't they didn't rebuild, they reloaded, and you know, great. It's they're a great program, and you know, the one game. Hopefully, I get to maybe see in the future. Hopefully, they can schedule them next year. You know, for 2024, it's a little hint, hint if they're watching. Is I like to see them 
Solana versus Salt Lake Curl. That would be a great non-district game. So mm-hmm. they have a chance to schedule that game because I know that would yeah. be, be awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think what stands out to me with Salina is it's how they are winning, right? It's not that they're winning, but it's how they're winning. And uh, they're just – it's convincingly – the score lines are just as like, wow. So, um, so yeah, I think kudos to them. Coach Adams, I think, you know, when I interviewed Coach Adams at the uh, the Tasco convention, the biggest thing he was worried about was scoring. It's like, hey, are we going to be able to replace it, uh, uh, Taylor Strajewski, right? Are we, where's the scoring going to come from? But now I'm starting to think, I look at their record. I look at their scores. I think maybe he was pulling my chain, you know, when I, uh, in that interview, because it's like, they have, you're right. They have not skipped a beat whatsoever, whatsoever. So awesome. So that that's going to do it for a couple of our best matches that we covered. And a new little segment here that we wanted to introduce today is our player game balls, right? Recognizing some players, regardless of classification, boy side, girl side, we wanted to go ahead and recognize a couple of players statewide that have stood out to us for any number of reasons. It's not just about the stats. Sometimes it's about a, maybe an individual accomplishment, a career accomplishment. Uh, but we want to recognize the uh, we want to recognize the defenders, the midfielders, the forwards, the goalkeepers as well, because we always know that their stat lines can be very different. So it's not limited to just individual game stats but maybe also career uh, career accomplishments as well. Um, so, uh, Steve, go ahead, lead us off. Sure, and just uh, following up on that, uh, Taft O'Connor, it's going to be February 21. So, San Antonio, get out there and, nice. you know, support uh, local soccer um, at nice. Ferris Field, like uh, what I had said. Yep. So, uh, game balls. So, um, on the girls' side, I just wanted to um, – uh, point a player over in the Austin area, uh, Round Rock Cedar Ridge. Uh, name's Emma Torres. She's a sophomore, and she's helped her team get off to a good start as far as, uh, you know, putting some goals in the back of the net as well as uh, some assists as well. So I think her mm-hmm. stats-wise, you know, nine goals, six assists. Um, but, you know, that's then produced a 7-1 and one record as of now. Um, so, nice. you know, kudos to uh, the Round Rock Cedar Ridge uh, team, but uh, but Emma Torres, you know, only being a sophomore. So I'm sure, you know, uh, she's she's a pretty solid player. So, you know, you might be there seeing, you, you know, a little bit more of her uh, name out there. Um, as far as the boys side, um, it was a game that I went to go see last Monday it was uh, San Antonio Brandeis versus uh, San Antonio Johnson and uh, Jake Salas. For Brandeis, put two uh, two goals in the uh, in the back of the net, and he's been on a roll pretty pretty uh, uh, late. Well, really, the whole season. I think he's already put eleven in in back of the net. But um, yeah. uh, uh, Rafa, Rafa, are you listening? Are you listening, Brandeis? Huh? Brandeis, <laughs> they're getting, hey, they're 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 my, they're number, my number four team in, in my local ranking. So, but like I go. said, they're on the cusp of getting into the state rankings. But yeah, so so Brandeis has got a, a lot of talent. You know, going to see that game, and I did, you know, even see some uh, some some other coaches, local coaches out there at that game. It was a cold one, but um, but no, uh, Johnson, very good team. You know, they were right there with them, but. I think it ended up being a, a three to one win, uh, or uh, for for Brandeis, but uh, you know Johnson, three zero three one something like that. But uh, but but Brandeis, Jake Salas, uh, speedster up top, um, good head on uh, for the game. Um, just you know knows the game really well, knows when to make runs, knows to make 
you know, runs outside, inside. So I just really liked the way uh, he played with without the ball. And then when he got the ball, you know, he, he produced for them. Uh, another player for them that I do want to mention is uh, one of their midfielders, number 12, I believe his uh, name is uh, Noah Lopez. Um, he, I actually put a, a, a tweet out there, and he was the player that uh, served the ball into the box off of that volley that I think that number 13 scored. So that was a, uh, you know, mm. but if you watch that that video, that clip that I put out there, just his patience on the ball and to see inside the box, you know, a player and, and see that that uh, that play kind of develop. He was very patient before he even made that cross into the box. But that he, you know, uh, did so much more than just that. Of course, that led to to a goal. But. You know, he was he was a very, very solid player. And I like the way that he moved and, and found pockets of space when he didn't have the ball to, you know, help his teammates out in the midfield. So, you know, just another uh, game ball there as well to uh, uh, Noah Lopez for, for Brandeis. Nice. Rafa? Uh, so my game ball is um, going out to one out west uh, to a player from uh, Santiago Salcedo from Midland High School. Um, like I said, they've been one of the surprise teams out there in, re in Region 1 for 6A. There ain't no uh, – he's you know, from what I've read on him, he's been very important for them as far as, you know, giving assists and scoring goals. Like I said, they had a, a win just recently in, in Dorio, and they've done well also in some of the non-district games. And, you know, they're in a tough district too, you know, with District 2, with you know, with Permian and Wolford's Friendship and – Odessa High, right, uh, and yeah. also Midland Legacy, so that, and San Angelo Central too. So that's it's a dogfight for there. So he, he's my for my boys. He's my, he's my game. Uh, I gave him the game ball, and then for the girls, um, I have a uh, Bree Kerrigan from Tumball Memorial High School. Uh, one of the like I said, one of the top programs there in the Houston area. Uh, a, a game she played uh, against Clang Collins, she had a hat trick and two assists. So. You know, Tom Ball could show Tom Memorial. You know, she's gonna you know, one of the top players for them, and who's you know she's gonna probably be the one that's gonna lead them deep into the playoffs. And don't be surprised, you know, they, she, they can finally break through. And then uh, I do have a little one honorable mention um, as far as from this week. So actually, you can see the players: um, Madison Harris, a goalkeeper from Taft, tough as nails. I mean, what can you say about her? You know, when we like we went to never the game. Never heard of her. Never, yeah, never, never heard, heard of her, man. Never heard of her. Never heard <laughs> Some great saves against the O'Connor game to get right. that clean sheet. And I know she she got a little, yeah. a little roughed up on one of the plays, but she came back and no, no complaints yeah. and did did a great work. So she's my honorable mention there for you know for one of my game balls this week. And I hear she's yeah, an Arsenal fan. <laughs> I really never heard of her now. I've really never heard of her now. <laughs> yeah, she's mad. Mads is, uh, yeah, Madison Harris is the real The whole fa Harris real family, the Gunners yeah. fans, yeah. So shout out to her for sure. Yeah, so um, so with me, so player game balls, I kind of kept going back and forth, but kind of made an exception, wanted to recognize two, uh, two on the girl side, two of them just because of career accomplishments. So my first, uh, first uh, game ball goes out to Kylie, uh, Kylie Combs, she's a senior class 2023 uh, from Bernie High School. Had She uh, celebrated her 100 career goals in her time at, uh, at Bernie. So uh, shout out to her, part of a great program that is obviously going to make a push for, uh, for Georgetown this year. And still a very young group, but she's, she's the seasoned veteran, right? The 
She's the senior. She's the leader on that group. And then my other one goes out to an actual uh, 2024 that accomplished the same feat and 100 career goals in Natalia Garcia out of El Paso del Valle. So shout out to her as well. That is also another college coaches. You heard that name. This is the first time some of you are hearing that name. Natalia Garcia, 2024 out of El Paso del Valle. She's a, uh, she's she's a player to watch she's a player to watch for sure so uh so congratulations to both of them on 100 career goals that's no small feat obviously so congratulations to both of them and in natalia's case making it as a 2024 with still a full almost what a season and a half to go that's that's saying something as well so so yeah so awesome well gentlemen, that deserves that, the horn. Yeah. it deserves the horn yeah yeah we'll give it to her we'll give it to her. there you go yeah kylie and natalia that all of our game ball players congratulations and uh so that's really that's gonna do it that's uh in the books before i forget uh, we will be coming back to, uh you'll see this will probably go out later tonight if not early tomorrow uh Next episode of the 5050 podcast, I think episode 76, we will be fe featuring coach Jeremy Shannon, the head women's soccer coach of the Bernie Greyhounds, right? And speaking of Kylie Combs, um, but uh, yes, coach Jeremy Shannon, he will be on the next episode of the 5050 podcast, which is scheduled for this Wednesday, February 1st, 8 p.m. So look for that. Excited to have him on and trying to excited to see what he has to share with us in terms of his his program his girls and that push that we just talked about that they're trying to make to uh, to georgetown so gentlemen this has been great that's going to do it we're going to go ahead and wrap up with our our final thoughts uh what do you got for us steve we'll start out with you yeah no just uh let's see here stay warm <laughs> <laughs> and and safe uh you know with the uh, weather across the street state you know uh being pretty pretty bad it it's better just you know stay at home for next couple of days if you're able to you know i uh, know there's some school cancellations this and that so just you know stay safe i think um you know uh well yeah just be safe short and sweet like, wow all right yeah, there you go. That's right. Jera, it's all you, Jera. I uh, just said, yeah, stay, stay warm, stay safe, you know, especially if you uh, hit the road. Uh, and then also just a little plug-in um, uh, for the San Antonio Sacramento, the high school edition will be on Thursday. Uh, so we will be going, me and Harry will be going over the, the district standings for the local San Antonio area as well. And then also a recap of some of the games I went to. Like this week, I went to see Steel versus Los Fresnos and Clemens versus Kennedy. And then hopefully I'll Get to live stream when a game on Saturday. Well, I have an eye on one close by to where I live at, so stay tuned to that. So if you haven't subscribed to us, subscribe to us too on our on our, on our live streams. Like I said, we're on, we live stream our games on, on Facebook Live, so you can check those out. Yeah. You gotta share. You gotta share your link on those posts, man. I keep getting asked that. I don't know. Are they not asking you that? Because they seem to keep asking. Oh, they're, they're still getting on there. <laughs> they, they, yeah. I just tell them just go to SA Soccer on Facebook and yeah. and just they like just and then you'll. That. They just keep saying, hey, where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? Or can he post the link? And so I'm assuming they're asking you this, too. That's why I share it. But um, but yeah, they just keep asking for that, for that, that Facebook link. So, yeah, Rafa's doing a great job in terms of his coverage. And then, of course, Steve and I, we're making I'm in season right now, so it makes it a little tougher. Um, but we try to pick we try to pick our spots, trying to highlight different programs. But we also um, 
but we also go where the uh, kind of where the where the where the interest is, right? In terms of the matches of the we 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 want to highlight as many programs as possible, showcase as many programs as possible. But we also we also want good you know good strong interesting matchups or what we perceive to be that might be strong matchups in terms of where teams are peeing, right? Because um, there's always storylines within district, and and this is that time, right? District uh, district play for sure. So, so yeah, so great stuff. Now, Rafa, where can they for the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable? Where can they go to get more information and to tune in and listen to uh, Thursday's episode? Uh, Thursday's episode will be on on San Antonio Soccer at SATX Soccer for on Twitter. We're also on YouTube, um, also Facebook. So you can catch the show on those three uh, platforms, and we're also on Instagram now. So if your your team's on Instagram, uh, you know, give us a like on there or follow us, and like I said, we'll follow you right back. We'll showcase. I like showcasing the the games, like the like their little nice graphics and so forth. And I'll put some little music on there too to kind of pump things up. And so so hit us, you know, follow us there. And like I said, for the game for the live stream games, like I said, we're, we'll be on Facebook, SA Soccer. Just type in SA Soccer, and you'll see the our, our logo on there, and just like us on there, and just. Like I said, we'll sh- showcase games from all over the, here in our area. Like I said, I got one c- coming up hopefully on Saturday that you know, one, I want to feature with someone, one of the newer programs here uh, that's been kind of making some noise, <laughs> you know, th- this this year. We'll, we'll see you there for real. So, so stay tuned on that one. Yeah, and you're also on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So, yeah. You know, uh, YouTube uh, as well. Um, that's how I usually get uh, get my info. There you go. Yeah, I just need to wait, wait for One, Steve to join me again so we can do commentary together. <laughs> yeah. <There you> go. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I plan on doing it. We'll see. When yeah, because some of the parents will look at me. So why is he talking by himself? <laughs> <laughs> Steve's Steve's shy, man. Steve's shy. You got to let him ease ease him into it. Ease him into it. So that's right. That's uh, right. Quick, quick little shameless plug on Steve's uh, Steve's behalf that I'm going to make for him. So. Get out, support him, see if you guys can see this royal barbecue, what he does, his thing, um, his other thing that he does. And he's a phenomenal, phenomenal grill master. And uh, get out, follow him um, on Instagram, royal, just royal barbecue, right? So I think you got it, royal barbecue, the the old fashioned way that it was spelled B A R B E C U E. So uh, yeah, I, you know, try to throw some, uh, I, I do soccer as well on, on that same Instagram page, but, uh, you know, it is my little barbecue business that I do on the side. Um, uh, but yeah, no, this is my favorite time of the year. So I, I, weekends are, are pretty busy with, uh, coaching. I coach for a club here in San Antonio. Um, and then as well as, uh, you know, going out and, and watching high school soccer. So, you know, it's, it's it's pretty busy, but it's these these three four months are you know one of my favorites uh you know during during the year so hey there's Brian Brian's had yeah a- Steve, Brian's saying here that Steve is a great guy uh I don't clearly Brian has never met you Steve I don't know what he's talking about <laughs> here so yeah <laughs> no, oh Brian's a good dude yeah. man him and I go. Yeah, yeah back away a, yeah. a, a while yeah, so, yeah. so you know so brian you. brian thanks, support, thanks for being brian. a thanks for being a listener out there tonight as well brian absolutely. i appreciate you uh being with us he's been with us all night man so that's awesome great stuff yeah absolutely. Um, my final thought uh well since these two basically stole mine and stay warm um 
I'm going to basically say, I'm going to wrap it up with just simply, you know, control the controllables in terms of this week. We have some adversity across the state, rescheduling a lot of games. They try to push some games up to today, and some games obviously got canceled today, tomorrow, Wednesday. So you're going to see a lot of Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, uh, kind of double headers. You know, focus on what you can control in terms because I know your coaches, you know, for student athletes, coaches are going to be telling you the same thing, right? Control the controllables, all the other stuff, the stuff beyond your control in terms of the weather and the rescheduling of games. You don't control that, right? So, and we've been here before, right? I think it was what, what was it, two years ago, right? This time, two years ago, right? February, when we had the freeze, deep freeze. Uh, granted, I wasn't in this part of the state when that happened, but, uh, um, but yeah, um, so think back to that in terms of if you've been around, if you've been around the block as far as a student athlete for a couple of years, just, you know, keep your teammates, uh, keep it positive and focus, focus on what you can control. You can control, control the controllables and you go from there and just realize that uh, getting the opportunity to play this game, the beautiful game is, you know, it's, it's a privilege. It's an honor. So, you know, focus on that and take advantage of it and adjust accordingly and be resilient and uh, you'll, everyone will be fine. So that's going to do it. Uh, gentlemen, this has been great. Hector, I got really one more. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Go, ahead. Yeah, go so for it. That, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've, Rafa and I have gone out to a few games. I've gone out for, you know, a couple of myself. The other thing is uh, we're in a little bit of a crisis here as far as referees are concerned. So I also want to, um, you know, kind of ask parents, hey, you know, uh, there's some stuff that I've heard at some of these games in, in regards to yelling at the referees and getting after them. And God knows, you know, being a coach as well, um, they don't always make the right calls. But – they're not doing that on purpose. They're, they're, they don't see everything. So, you know, um, but just kind of go easy on them. They have, you know, families as well. And, you know, they're out there for the kids um, and, and for your kids. So, you know, just, you know, be mindful of that when, you know, you want to say something to them. So um, just seen and heard a couple things that I'm like, I don't say anything, but it's kind of like, come on, you know, it's a little, little much but uh but not, not only that we do have a shortage of referees in you know uh yeah. in texas so um just wanted to throw that out there i just yeah. want to no, carry well, on sir. that one too because yes. like i said you know if you have it you have an opportunity hey go out go out and help them out you know go on ref you love this if you love the sport you know complaining about it like on twitter or anywhere else saying this and that or the other you know, be part of the solution, you know, go on, help, you know, go and volunteer, you know, go out and help, you know, cause you know, th we're doing this for the kids and so forth. And, you know, if we're going to improve things, especially on the officiating and have better, you know, quality games, we need more people out there. So if you have an opportunity, you know, go set up with your TASO, uh, you know, mm -hmm. chapters and, 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 and be out there and help them out. Yeah. There's no riff, there's no games. So, you know, they're, they're out there for your yeah. kids, you know, whether you yeah. think that they're, they are, or they aren't, they are for there for your kids. So and and I'm talking on the you know club side as well as well as the high school side, especially the high school side. So, you know, just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, well said. And I think that well said by both of you. And I think that my little piece to add to that is just that we've said it before and we've we've quoted it before on social media is that officials, the game can't exist without officials, and they're they're an intricate part, right? And the intricate fabric of our sport, you know, of our of the beautiful game. So Keep that in mind. And I think everybody's always busy talking about player development, 
and in some cases coach development, but we always forget all of us, all of us, me, I'm guilty of it too. As a former official, I was an, I was, you know, I was an official for four years and I'm guilty of it too, is that the referees, right. Officials have to develop as well. Right. So, so we have to understand that we have to understand that. So, so yeah, no, well said, we're going to wrap up on that note. So thank you. Well said, Steve. Uh, again, for our listeners, supporters, you can find us on uh, social media at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. We are also now streaming on both on YouTube as well as Twitch. So if you're on Twitch, go on there, go on there, follow us, subscribe. We're there at 50 underscore 50 pod on Twitch as well. So we're trying to grow our trying to grow our fan base there as well. It's been <laughs> it's been a slow start, but we're uh, we're coming along. And uh, so, yeah, uh, as well, YouTube, sign up for, you know, notifications, subscribe, go on there and spread, you know, spread the word, share this with someone. There's, I promise you, uh, with the amount of experts that we have on this, you know, on this group, everybody, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student athlete, whether you're a coach, someone's going to take something from this, even if it's just one little nugget. You know, we've been on this for what? An hour, wow. An hour and 40 minutes. But yeah, but but it was good stuff. Good stuff that we covered tonight. So. Um, you're the reason why we do it for our supporters, our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, go on there. Give us a rating if you can on Apple, you know, Apple podcasts or even on Spotify that helps the, uh, that helps push the, you know, the growth of the podcast and the, the exposure of the podcast as well. So please do so please consider it. Uh, if you think we're great, you know, tell us we're great. And if you think we stink and we need to work on it, tell us that too. And we'll, we'll blame it all on Rafa. All right. And we'll make sure that we do a better <laughs> We'll make sure we do a better job. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, so thank you for everybody. Thank you to both Rafa and Steve. Great show tonight. Appreciate you guys very much. And for all our listeners and supporters, until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.